Welcome to CIO Leadership Live Canada. I'm Lee Rennick, Executive Director of CIO Communities for CIO.com. And I'm very honored to welcome Parm Sandhu, CIO, Immigrant Services Society of British Columbia. Welcome, Parm. Thanks for joining us today. And could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, Lee, thank you very much for having me at this uh, session today. Yeah, Parm Sandhu, uh, I am the CIO of ISSABC. Uh, and looking forward to uh, having this conversation with you. Well, I really appreciate you joining us here today, Parm. Thanks so much. We had an opportunity to meet in British Columbia when I was there for a roundtable, which you joined and, uh, you know, provided some great insights into your role. So we really have created this series to support the CIO and senior technology leader in their leadership and business journey. So the first question I ask, and I ask everyone this question, could you please um, tell us a little bit about your own career road path and maybe provide some insights or tips on that road path? Are there any lessons learned you could share? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been in uh, IT all my career. Uh, I started off uh, way back when uh, on a help desk as a help desk analyst and uh, progressed fairly quickly uh, into a VA project management and consulting and leadership roles. I've been managing cross-functional teams uh, now for over 20 years, and I think that's a key area I really tend to enjoy, you know, the development, the evolution of team members. But right from an early uh, start, I was fairly eager to progress and develop. And I kind of set goals, personal objectives for myself, Lee, where in, in every position I took, you know, what was success? What does success look like? And how did I work to uh, attain that success so that I can pave the way for future progression? So, you know, with regards to tips and guidance for other development leaders, that was one area where I really felt it was of uh, extreme value. I think the other area is really around, you know, eagerness to learn, being inquisitive. You know, I also kind of observed good leaders. Uh, what were they doing well? What were they doing that I could, you know, bring into my own approach and methodology? And it was a a continuous evolution. You know, you never stop learning. You're continuously developing. And, you know, you have to be a good listener. And the other piece uh, of advice is building those relationships, whether it's with your team members, you know, your, you know, you know colleagues across the organization, partners, vendors, uh, technology solution providers. I felt that the need for building these strong relationships was also going to be a key that really helped me progress in my career uh, to where I'm at where I am now at, as a CIO of ISSBC. Well, that's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I know, you know, I've spoken to a number of CIOs like yourself who started in the business and really understands all the aspects of it. And like you said, has the opportunity to learn uh, continuous learning from day one of their first job in the tech space and, and learning. So um, I really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, I like the piece too on mentorship and just having people along the way that have supported you. And I'm I'm sure you do the same for other people coming along in their careers or at the same level as you. I mean, that's why we got together in, in BC and had that chat um, at the round table. So thanks for sharing it. And it really ties in well to the next question, which is around digital transformation. So when we last spoke, we discussed uh, technology transformation that you've led, um, building a hybrid IT model for both internal and external clients. And you'd mentioned that, you know, the strategy included digital transformation, migration to the cloud, data, security, privacy for your stakeholders. And on top of that, creating a self-service area for your clients, which is just huge transformation. Um, so I'm assuming that that initiative was a, a learning curve for all key stakeholders, 
you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about the process and 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 the whole on the whole transformation and the process you took. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, ISSBC, you know, we welcome newcomers to Canada, specifically in BC. You know, we provide services around settlement, employment, and language. And when I came to ISSBC, it's quite evident that you know there was, like with many organizations, there was room for improvement. You know, we had done a great job to get to where we are, but what was the technology future landscape going to be like? So we kind of embarked on this digital transformation exercise around four years ago. There was really three areas of focus, uh, business support, IT excellence, and innovation. And in business support, it's around, you know, how do we ensure that we have core operations in place and IT support process in place in order to meet the evolving needs of the business? IT excellence was, you know, how do we ensure that we have uh, applications, our security postures, our infrastructure, our core operations up to a level of standard that's going to help sustain and uh, develop as we grow our business and operations. And the third area was around innovation. And this is really where digital transformation came into play. You know, we quickly, quickly identified that there was a need for, you know, a new CRM application, a new finance ERP, and maybe even a new HRIS system. And we started with the CRM application and built a brand new application on a Microsoft Dynamics PowerX platform. Now, the key here really is bringing alignment across the executive leadership team and the senior management team. You know, whilst it's, you know, fairly evident for me as a CIO to build the technology strategy, the key to success is really being, you know, how do we ensure alignment, communication, buy-in, participation, so that as we continue on our journey, it's the evolution of making sure that we continue to improve, improve operations uh, and garner efficiencies, at the same time, creating a vision for the future. And this journey doesn't end. It's, it's an ongoing journey. And with the pace and rate of technology change, the evolution continues. But, you know, I think the key really is having a plan and executing the plan, but also ongoing communication alignment, communication not only to the ELT executive leadership team, but also across the organization. So, staff, sorry, staff members are aware of what's coming and why we're doing certain things and the benefits that we're going to realize uh, through the digital transformation exercise we, we've gone through. And now, you know, we, we got to a point where we've done the CRM applications, we've implemented a new finance ERP, we're implementing our HRI system, and really it's around cloud and migration to the cloud and ensuring our security postures and our applications that we use and are in place to really help build the foundation for future evolution, evolution and growth. Wow, it sounds like an incredible uh, project you undertook. And, you know, we just released the State of the CIO report for 2023-2024. And, you know, I think in that research, 74% of CIOs said they felt that they had an educational, like, learning with their CIO and their board members so that you, when you talk about business transformation and you're using the word business and the senior leadership team, it certainly seems that you were building out processes and at the same time having that educational role with your CEO, with your board members, and really allowing them to learn about how you could move the business forward in a much more efficient, you know, dynamic way. So congratulations for that. And, um, you know, it kind of ties well into the next question, and, and that's around building teams and and, and, you know, working with vendors. So I know when we were at the round table, we were talking a lot about how do you have a positive vendor relationship? When I was in a previous role, they used to talk about being partners, right? And, you know, a lot of 
So we've got this idea of the vendor as the partner or the vendor working together with the teams. Then we've got the whole upskilling of teams and, you know, understanding how to upskill your teams and also work collaboratively with uh, the vendor to implement products and services. So could you talk a little bit about your approach to that? Yeah, I think uh, uh, building trusted relationship with vendors upon us is absolutely a mandatory requirement. Based on my experience, you know, as an IT organization or IT team, we simply cannot keep up with the evolution and development uh, and, and the pace of change in technology. And what I've done, Lee, is uh, over the last couple of years, really looked at my vendors and looked at who is relevant, who's participating, and who's really going to help me get to the next level. And I've gone on this journey to really consolidate the number of vendors and then build a relationship with trusted vendors uh, so that they can help us. And part of the approach is opening up my strategy, my vision, and my aspirations. The more they understand what we're doing, why we're doing it, and where we're going to get to, the better equipped they are to help us on that journey. Uh, and through that level of interaction engagement, I tend to, you know, reach out to my trusted vendors uh, and have these conversations. It's a learning opportunity for me and my team, you know, as we learn about the evolution and some of the new functionality and capabilities. At the same time, it also allows my team members to develop their skills as well. So moving away from this generalist to a specialist type of mindset, mm -hmm. if I have a networking vendor or a telecoms vendor, how do I, you know, entrust that relationship when I'm with one of my team members so they can evolve and develop their skill sets and build those trusted relationships? How do we take advantage of some of the training that's been offered by our vendors? But really, it's about working very closely with these vendors and making sure that they are part of the strategy. And now, you know, I, I think I have a good you know, list of vendors that I work with. It, we have shifted my focus to contract management and making sure that, you know, with the engagements that we're doing with our vendors, we're also managing the execution based on contracts. How do we ensure that, you know, uh, from a transactional standpoint, we're getting the best value? and making sure that we're investing wisely and leveraging these relationships, not just only for learning and development, but also making sure that we're looking after the, the monetary side of the uh, transactions mm -hmm. and making sure we get the best value of these relationships. And I find that as we build close relationships, I'm getting more value and assistance. You know, I'm seeing an eagerness from my vendors and my trusted partners to really step in, step up and help us and and help pave the way for the future so when i build my strategy i tend to share my strategy with my core vendors and you know say here we go here's what i'm planning to do where can you help how can you help and what am i missing and that seems to resonate and it's really helping me as we continue on our digital transformation journey that's a really fantastic overview thank you so much and i, I think what i like about it too is we can talk about your teams integrating with the vendors you know you're allowing a team member to take over a specialty in one particular area which probably gives you the breathing space to be a lead your teams as well too and work collaboratively with the board which we previously spoke about so um hey any cio listening into this reach out to parm if you want to connect and talk about this this is this really is like a very important discussion, especially moving into our next topic, which is around generative AI and large language models. So, you know, I ask everybody this question it's, and it really is, you know, what do you believe the key benefits and challenges are for these technologies to advance positive outcomes, specifically through Gen AI? 
you know, and any tips on how organizations should be adopting plans for Gen AI? And, you know, again, this is a high level, but if you've been working on it, maybe, you know, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking around uh, implementation? And are you doing any yet? Yeah, I, this is a hot topic. Everybody's talking about Gen AI uh, and uh, looking at AI technology. You know, one of the things I've done is spent a lot of time looking at analysts, analyst research and trying to understand what the application of Gen AI Gen AI would be in my business or our operations. And, you know, there's some obvious um, low-hanging fruit. You talk about uh, increased efficiency and productivity, um, obviously cost reduction. And then there's decision-making. How can I quickly analyze the data and make sense of the data? There's so much data out there. Innovation. Innovation is obviously going to be a key one. We've, we've, you know, already incorporated some AI technology into some of our operations to help improve and innovate. And then there's also this opportunity around personalization. So I see there's a there's a lot of opportunities, but you know where we're at the early stages, and you know with every opportunity, Lee, you know you're always gonna you know see some challenges that we need to address. And and you know I've I've kind of looked at some of the key challenges as I look at the opportunities. And you know if I just segue into challenges. Uh, you know, we talk about data privacy and concerns. We talk about ethical considerations and making sure that the information that we have available and the algorithms uh, in use, you know, are bias-free. And how do we yeah. ensure that? Yeah. Then there's always this issue around integration and complexity of inter uh, integration. How do I bring in this functionality and technology and integrate that into our existing applications and processes? There's always a there's also an ongoing issue with the lack of talent and skills. And again, we talked about vendors, we talked about partners, you know, I'm going to have to tap into vendors to be able to bring in a level of skill set that we simply don't have internally. And then there's, you know, continuous learning and adaptation. You know, how do we continue to understand, evolve, test the viability of some of this technology uh, and move forward? Now, with regards to, you know, my particular approach at the early stages is at this stage, it's really trying to get a handle of what's out there, what can we do, and where could we potentially bring in. And, and I'm working you know, with analysts to build guiding principles around responsible AI. That's my initial foray into this, you know, around accountability operations of some of this gen AI technology, uh, fairness and bias. We talked about yeah. making sure that the data uh, that we create is fair and bias-free. Uh, privacy and security. You know, we're working with newcomers coming into Canada and often, more often than not, we're working with sensitive and data, so data privacy is key. And another principle, you know, we're looking at is explainability and transparency. How do we explain, you know, uh, the outcomes and how can we, you know, talk about this transparently? Safety and security and also validity and reliability. So, you know, if when I look at what we're doing, it's really trying to figure out some of the AI principles or responsible AI principles build those and then move move from there into an area where we can start testing some use cases and play around with some of this technology and demonstrate the value. Again, you know, we talked about this briefly, but aligning from all parties is, is key, not just within the organization, but, you know, executive level, board level, everybody's talking about it. And part of the mandate of a CIO is to figure things out. I cannot do it independently. Yeah. I'm working with analysts and, and vendors to understand this, but that's the type of approach we're taking at ISSBC. 
Yeah, I really, that's very insightful. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I just interviewed uh, Lee Ken Oluwayu yesterday, who's the founder of Black Professional Technology Network. And they're actually bringing together, they're having a CIO roundtable later this week around, you know, with leaders from some of the big banks and communications to talk about bias and um, ensuring that, you know, we have diversity in tech and people creating, you know, all of these functions to build out. And it's such an important thing. And, you know, I think when you talk about partners, they're the type of partner as well that you can lean into as a CIO. Like you said, you're working with the vendors, there's other people, you know, developing things out there to make sure all these pieces of the Gen AI you know, come together to take into consideration so many other things that, you know, obviously you're being very mindful about. So I really appreciate you very much sharing that. And I appreciate you joining me here today, Parm. Thank you so much. Uh, It was a fantastic interview today. Thank you. Thanks so much again. And if you're interested in learning more or viewing this uh, video, please head on over to cio.com front slash CA. Thanks again.